Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series dedicated to helping all of us talk more openly about money. Each show features a special guest who will share with you one of their favorite money myths. Then together, we will discuss how to bust that myth wide open. My name is Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, and I am your host. My company is KBK Wealth Connection, and it's committed to helping women, couples, families, and their financial teams shatter money taboos and learn how to effectively talk about money. It is an honor today to be joined by Sherry Monroe. Sherry is someone that I met while working up in Canada. Um, Let me tell you a little bit about her. Um, After working for more than 20 years at a major Canadian bank, primarily in commercial banking, Sherry founded Monroe Consulting Services. The company specializes in working with women entrepreneurs and, as a result, enabling them to feel prepared, knowledgeable, and confident to grow their businesses. Through one-on-one coaching, skill-building sessions, and comprehensive discussions about their businesses, finances, and market, Sherry collaborates with established business owners to formulate the right approach to raise capital for their businesses and to have deep, meaningful conversations and relationships with their business bankers, which is so exciting that she's offering this service. So uh, welcome, Sherry, to the podcast. Thank you very much for inviting me, Kathleen. As I said earlier, I've listened to your podcast on Breaking Money Silence, and I'm delighted to be part of this impressive list of experts who've already joined you. Oh, thank you. I I just love your myth. And, uh, you know, it's a passion that I have, and it's certainly what we connected over. Um, So let me share that with the listeners. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about women entrepreneurs aren't interested in growing their businesses. And just to be clear, that's a myth. Women entrepreneurs aren't interested in growing their businesses. So why don't we start with you telling me a little bit about what motivated you to pick that myth? Absolutely. Um, This myth intrigues me for a number of reasons. Um, First, because women entrepreneurs are not all of the same. They're not a homogeneous group that act and think and plan and dream the same way. The majority of business owners I've met over the past two decades do have one thing in common. They want to grow their business and they make their decisions and with growth in mind. And second, there are so many mis- uh, women starting businesses. We see these numbers increasing every day. But there's evidence that not all businesses are scaling, that they're leaving growth on the table. And it's not because they aren't interested in growing. It can be because of something as simple as the fact that women entrepreneurs take a longer term approach to business or that they have funded their growth through personal finances due to a lack of awareness about other solutions offered by banks and or organizations for female-owned businesses. And what, one quote that I recently read that uh, that made me think of this myth as well is that women entrepreneurs are not exceptions, but examples and role models. I really believe that. Um, a couple of other reasons I, I thought this myth was important is a recent study by Carleton University and the Beacon Agency in Ottawa, Ontario, uh, on how women entrepreneurs are a force to reckon with, confirmed um, based on interviewing over 100 entrepreneurs and holding critical conversations with senior business professionals across Canada and reviewing global literature, that women entrepreneurs are ambitious and want to scale up their business. And uh, finally, the last thing I'll say about why I picked this myth is uh, I am passionate about working with women entrepreneurs because of the impact of their businesses for themselves, for their families, and for the economy. And I'm, I'm tired of seeing businesses underperform in spite of easy fixes that are available. Businesses need fuel to grow, and that fuel is cash. 
Yeah, I love your response because it's so well thought out, Sherry. And and I know, you know, what uh, when we first met, we met around the idea of how can we help uh, bankers kind of shatter this belief that somehow women, you know, don't want to grow their businesses. It's as somebody who's been an entrepreneur for over 20 years, I think to myself, this is crazy. Of course, we want to grow our businesses. But, um, you know, with the research coming out and, and with uh, the support that you're giving business owners, it's so clear that. Um, it, like in a lot of areas, there's just a little bit of a gender split in terms of um, what motivates women or how they view their business versus men. Now, it's not across the board. I don't want to mm-hmm. reinforce the stereotype, but it certainly is something that um, is worth discussing. So in terms of this myth, before we get into you know, why you think it's a myth and how it gets in the way, let's talk for just a second about is this myth ever helpful? Is there any way in which it might help women entrepreneurs or it might help um, bankers or financial folks? Like, is there any upside? Because usually with a myth, it both serves us as well as gets in the way. Absolutely. Um, giving that some thought earlier, I was thinking for, for you know, thinking from my professional side, I help women um, with establishes with established businesses break through their revenue plateaus and drive their sales by getting clear on their numbers and mastering their money and leveraging their assets. That's something that we're actually talking about now because this myth is out there. Um, when I identified the opportunity to help women entrepreneurs grow faster and with less stress by getting control of their numbers, I really noticed a consistent trend, both in working with them and based on research. With the right help, their confidence actually grew. And as that happened, guess what else led? The business results improved. So this is one reason I know the thought of women entrepreneurs aren't interested in growing their business is a myth. They want to grow. However, they're often looking for advice or support from professionals like their accountants, their bankers, advisors, friends, colleagues. Um, And the women I've worked with often need to overcome this myth themselves for a a variety of reasons, such as money shame, something I know you help many individuals and couples with, Kathleen. Um, They also don't ask necessarily for what they need to grow their business, or they're using their assets inefficiently. They aren't thinking big enough, or they don't understand the language. And when I say they don't understand the language, um, it takes me back to way back <laughs> to when I was in high school and I was taking an accounting class. And I remember I really struggled at first to understand the concepts and kind of memorize the different systems and things that I was learning in accounting. Then one day it hit me. Learning accounting was like learning a language rather than um, learning just numbers. It wasn't math. I didn't love numbers back then, um, but I did love learning another language. And once I made that comparison, I was kind of over, I was able to overcome the self-made barrier of learning accounting. Some women entrepreneurs take time to learn that language associated with growing their business. And there's also a lot of evidence showing the importance of mentorship for women entrepreneurs. Having the right mentor can play a part in unmasking this myth And um, I I recently read a survey that over a thousand successful business women in nine countries found that 80% of these women had been mentored. Although women entrepreneurs have also commented that mentors can be difficult to find. Luckily, there are programs and that sort of thing in, in place to help find the right mentor. And having a mentor with experience and knowledge is one strategy for women entrepreneurs to 
um, think of different ways to grow their business. Well, and, and I, uh, I, I really think that that's kind of where you come in and your consulting service comes in as well. I know, um, you know, I've worked with a lot of women entrepreneurs and help them around um, their money mindset and helping them, you know, become profitable more from a, how you're thinking and feeling about money way as opposed to the dollars and cents like you do. Um, and what I've discovered both for myself and for them is that coaching can make a huge difference. I mean, I, I know I would not be mm-hmm. here today uh, experiencing the success I have experienced in my business if it wasn't for a, a couple of different coaches and mentors in my life that cheered me on, challenged my thoughts, and really helped me see that growth was possible. It wasn't that I didn't want to grow. It was just kind of the idea of, I, I just don't even know how to go about it. Um, so I love kind of kind of what you're up to. Um, before we get into kind of what listeners can do to address this myth for themselves, I want to just talk a little bit, if you don't mind, about the financial mm-hmm services industry? Because I think that the myth that you picked, women entrepreneurs aren't interested in growing their businesses, is really a belief that unfortunately, not all, but some financial services professionals hold. And so if they're listening right now and they're thinking, well, I've worked with women and I don't see them wanting to grow their businesses, um, what are the tips you might have for a financial services professional before we get into the tips for the actual uh, female entrepreneurs? Absolutely. Um, Women take a longer term approach with their business. And because of that, they may do more research up front or they may take more time to engage experts in growing their business. And that's a a new way of looking at things for many for many um, bankers or advisors. So we discussed earlier that it takes cash to fuel a business. Traditionally, if a male entrepreneur, again, this is um, not stereotyping, it's just, you know, the way we've seen it in the past. If a male entrepreneur approached a financial institution to borrow money in order to inject capital into his company, a banker would meet with him quite late in the business cycle. For example, once it's an established business with a track record. On the other hand, many women entrepreneurs start building relationships with their professional advisors much earlier in this process or in their business cycle. And this can be a new approach for many bankers that creates a bit of a learning curve. That's all. It's it's almost just an awareness of the difference and how people approach that. Interesting, because I, I do think that there are some differences in that relationship piece, and, and I didn't know that. So having women approach the uh, professional sooner, I could see how that you'd be in a different spot, your conversations would be different, uh, and you'd be looking for something slightly different than somebody who was always, already established. So uh, that's really interesting. And certainly, I know together, from very different angles, you and I are going to bust that myth wide open in the financial <laughs> services industry, have Absolutely. no fear. Um, but l- let's talk about for the listeners who are women entrepreneurs themselves or maybe partners of women entrepreneurs, um, can you offer some tips about how they can bust that myth open in their own life? Absolutely. And it's something that I can really relate to as well, personally, as an entrepreneur now, um, which still feels great to say um, after working for the bank for more than 20 years. um, I feel like Sometimes starting your own business um, gets viewed as if you work part-time, that you're doing this just to have a flexible schedule, or you're labeled a mompreneur as if it as if what you are doing is really just a hobby. And nothing could be further from the truth for most of these business 
objectives and they need to stay true to that and have a thought out business plan, build assumptions and forecasts and really have a strategy and a a vision of where they want to go. So for women entrepreneurs themselves, I feel like staying true to that is really important. And of course, for businesses, so I'm not talking about financial institutions, but other businesses that offer products and solutions geared to women entrepreneurs, um, if they're under that false impression that women aren't interested in growing their business, my advice for them is to really start to understand what motivates women business owners. And if they can do that, they can in turn positively impact their own competitive advantage in this ever-changing environment. Um, So I think that makes a big difference. And so it's interesting because it's true as a as an entrepreneur, I think that the experience I've worked for companies as well. And, and I think the experience of being an entrepreneur is one that is uh, exciting and freeing and scary and wonderful. Uh, it certainly builds confidence if you're going to make it. Um, but I also, it's so interesting that you say that about how people observe a woman who starts her business versus mm-hmm. a man in general. And I know, mm-hmm. you know, for me, that doesn't happen as much, probably because I'm not a mother. Um, but I see that happening a lot with some of my friends who are mothers and running businesses, both either their partners uh, kind of think that or, you know, society thinks that. And um, I got to tell you, I work much harder in my business than I ever did when I worked for another company, which is probably why I'm an entrepreneur. Um, But uh, we, yeah, we have to let go of that. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think about that, Sherry? Absolutely. And I think I read this in in one of uh, something that you had written before, but um, one, one source I read is that by 2017, women's income will jump by almost $6 trillion worldwide to $15.6 trillion. And by 2028, which sadly is not that far away, <laughs> it's expected that women will control close to 75% of discretionary spending worldwide. So the, that multiplier effect of entrepreneurship really becomes evident. And when you compare how women spend money to men, Um, Generally speaking, women spent a greater percentage of their wealth on food, on housing, education for their children. So they raise their own family's economic prospects, which in turn helps the whole economy. So there's all sorts of upsides to busting this myth. I love that. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of research and a lot of support as to how um, it can really change an economy, which is which is exciting, especially when you're talking about, um, you know, some of the the folks around the world and how they're shifting their economies. Um, so tell me, Sherry, I know that you have a variety of different services. And, you know, we've only scratched the surface here today and what we're talking about. But can you tell listeners a little bit more about your work and, and what types of um, maybe uh, coaching or activities you do if someone's interested in working with you? Absolutely. Um, I've, uh, so far, I've worked with many um, individual business owners who are at that stage kind of before they have a controller or a CFO um, and they're on that cusp of growth. They will be hiring that type of role in their business to focus on the financial side very soon, but they're not quite there yet. Um, And they're not really sure how to get to that point. So I work with them to develop their business plans and really understand what their their track record so far shows them and what they need to do going forward to plan for perhaps a best case, worst case, and most likely scenario um, and challenge their own assumptions in their business. 
they that that may be impacting their cash flow and and really understanding that. So I work with a lot of women individually on that. What I found though that um, some women have have a, a a good solid base of understanding all of that, and they need more of a maybe group approach. So I've uh, started to develop some workshops. Um, that I will be delivering in the fall that really um, bring a group of women together and um, answer their questions and deliver, um, you know, a, a proactive approach to planning the business growth that they, they want to have. Which is exciting because I think one of the things that you deal with with a, a female entrepreneur is how busy they are and mm-hmm. how many hats they wear. And so the idea that someone could work with you individually in person or on the phone or in a workshop can be really useful. And I know that um, both individual and group coaching uh, is so helpful in different ways. And I, I've certainly utilized them. And I, I certainly have encouraged uh, the people that I've mentored uh, to take advantage of that. Um, I know I realized before we went on uh, the air today is that you are my second official Canadian guest, <laughs> and you're my third Canadian uh, on the show and a very uh, new show. So that's interesting. So one of the questions that listeners may have is, do you work, um, you know, with people outside of Canada? And if so, how that might work. Can you answer that briefly? Absolutely. Um, having conversations, as we, as you know, using technology in this day and age is, is very simple and very straightforward to be able to to work together. Um, so I do have um, some some um, customers that I've been working with or clients that I've been working with in the U.S. already, as well as in the U.K. Um, and at the end of the day, we're all, you know, people just really trying to understand how to, um, what, what did, what the best practices are for growing our business. And it doesn't matter where you're based. I think technology allows us to, it's made the world a smaller place. We're able to, to work together and uh, across borders. Excellent. And and certainly I have uh, experienced that as well as you. And so I encourage listeners out there who are saying, you know what, I'm a women entrepreneur and geez, you know, I am interested in growing my business, but I've run up against some of these roadblocks or maybe I'm a financial services professional and, um, you know, I I bought into this assumption, but I want to do something differently. I encourage uh, folks to reach out uh, to Sherry and uh, connect with her. So Sherry, what is the easiest way to connect with you? Maybe your website and, and another way to connect with you. Absolutely. Um, so there is my website, which is monroeconsulting.ca. And Monroe is, that's one difference in Canada and the U.S. It's spelled M-U-N-R-O, <laughs> the Scottish way. Um, and uh, my email address is sherry at monroeconsulting.ca. Awesome. And, you know, I think my heritage, even though I tell people it's Irish, I think I'm a little Scottish with the Burns as a a middle name there. So I I appreciate the Scottish approach. Um, I have so enjoyed our conversation as always, but I'm so excited we got to share it with the listeners today. Um, I just really encourage people to check out what Sherry's up to, follow her on Twitter, uh, connect with her on LinkedIn. Uh, She's really doing some interesting work and has certainly um, brought some new awareness uh, to women entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs and, and helped increase my knowledge as well. Uh, so thank you very much, Sherry, for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. 
So I also want to thank the listeners of Breaking Money Silence. I'm Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, a wealth psychology expert and author dedicated to getting people talking about money matters. Uh, For more information about my books, and by the way, my next book is on this topic, uh, about my books, my speaking and services, please visit my website at kbkwealthconnection.com. And remember, together, we can break money silence for good.